My name is Sanjay Satish, and this is Youth Talks. Hey y'all, welcome to the fourth episode of Youth Talks. As always, my name is Sanjay Satish. After a long hiatus, we're finally back with a new episode, and uh, I guess it's, I'm glad to be back. And so today I got my good friend Alejandro here. What's up, man? How's it going, Sanjay? I'm pretty good. So uh, before we start, Alejandro, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? So my name is Alejandro, and I'm a sophomore at Kamiak. That's great. So uh, today I think we have an interesting topic. It was requested, actually, by a number of people. We're going to talk about pot. We're going to talk about everything to do with pot. We're going to talk about synthetic pot, real pot, THC, legalization, the story behind pot, everything under the sun whatever we can talk about pot and so before we hop right in uh just two things the first thing being the main sources i will be citing throughout this video at least are going to be the acoem which is the american college of occupational and environmental medicine and also this book called toxicology secrets which is by ling clark erickson and Trestrail. and what this is, is essentially it's a study guide for the medical review officer examination and so basically, if you want to be an occupational physician or if you want to do any type of drug testing whatsoever, you're going to have to read this book and you're going to have to take this test. So I think these are two very credible sources that we're going to get our information from, and that should be great. I, okay, so let's just start it off. Alejandro, um, do you have anything else to say before we hop right in? Um, these are our views, and yeah. I mean, Don't get, if, if you get triggered... Put it down in the comments because yeah, we, yeah. we want to hear your we Or hear if your you voice. agree, also put it in the comments. Yeah, because we've had a pretty nice discussion about the past few episodes. Or message me even. Okay, so uh, let's just hop right in. Alejandro, what do you think about pot? Um, I think that you're at your choice to do it or not. Um, but, you know, you got to be aware of the effects and, you know, the factors that go along with it. You know, like age, especially with, you know, the development of your brain and stuff. Oh, yeah. Definitely, because the frontal lobe doesn't completely develop until you turn 21, uh, anywhere from 21 to 25. So that's why alcohol is not legal for minors until they turn 21, because that way you're not killing any of your brain cells. So I think that is a very uh, good call, I would say. Uh, my stance is pretty much the same as Alejandro's. I think I have a more libertarian stance, essentially. That means that uh, I don't care about pot. You can smoke it. You can do whatever you want with it until it affects me directly. So until you make the choice to say... Uh, get stoned and then go on the highway while I'm on the highway, uh, I condemn it then. As far as legalization goes, I am a strong uh, dissenter to the legalization movement. I don't think that right now we have the necessary resources in order to uh, essentially um, uh, account for a mass legalization of the drug, nor do I think that there's good reason to legalize it for either recreational or medical use. I don't think there's any research out there that shows that it's good, and any credible research, I should say. And most of the stuff out there right now says that it's bad and that it should be legalized, and at least right now. I'm open to legalizing it in the future, but right now, I don't really think that it's a good idea. So, uh, Alejandro, you have anything else to say about pot? Uh, no, not really. All right, so let's just jump right in then. Uh, we have kind of an outline for this episode, but I just wanted to start out with a little story. So story time. You can play a jingle, whatever you want to do, but uh, story time with Sanjay Satish right here. Uh, so I'm going to talk about the story of pot. So a long time ago, not in a galaxy far, far away, uh, here on Earth, 
about 100,000 years ago, I should say, there was a plant called cannabis. And what cannabis is, is it's a plant. It has many strains. And what this cannabis plant had was something called THC. And THC uh, stands for tetrahydrocannabinol, and it's the active ingredient in marijuana. But it's also a compound that is prevalent in many strains of cannabis. And what this THC is, is essentially a defense mechanism for the cannabis plant. So when a squirrel or another small uh, forest creature comes up to eat this cannabis plant, it got deterred uh, because of the amounts of THC in it, and it left it with like a stomach ache, or it left its vision impaired, and it basically prevented that uh, animal from wanting to eat this plant again. So essentially through natural selection, you had a lot of variation in the THC concentrations in these cannabis plants. And over time, the ones with lower concentrations were all eaten out. And then the only one you had left was today's concentration of uh, high potency concentration cannabis, which is marijuana or cannabis sativa, or, you know, there's many different other names for it, dope, uh, puff the magic dragon, uh, weed, pot, there's a billion names for it. So that's that the story of pot right there's pot has been been smoked forever actually it's been dated back to egypt it's been dated back to indus valley ancient greece so it's been around for a long time there are uh less thc or so say less lesser potency strains of marijuana uh like hemp and other things which are come from the same plant cannabis but just aren't farmed to have a higher thc percentage there's also things like hatch hash i should say which have much higher thc uh percentages than marijuana itself and those usually are what THC oils and other things are derived from. So, uh, Alejandro, uh, why don't we just hop in straight into THC? What is THC? What are the effects of marijuana? All that stuff. Let's go. So, as um, you said, it's tetrahydrocannabinol. Uh, that's the active ingredient, right? That's what you feel as you take it. And uh, marijuana is classified by the DEA as a Schedule One drug, which... Uh, is aligned with heroin, LSD, cocaine, ecstasy, all like the really hardcore stuff. Um, and there's never been a documented case of anyone overdosing on marijuana, but there are tons of, you know, short-term effects like altered senses, altered sense of time, changes in mood, impaired body movement, and, um, you know, the long-term events from chronic use, uh, like reduced thinking, memory, and learning functions. And of course, the physical effects like breathing problems and increased heart rate, which can increase your chances of um, a heart attack that can ultimately kill you. Yeah. So uh, just right before I go on, just one thing that you said was that nobody's ever, uh, there's no documented case of overdose on cannabis. That is actually true. And the reason why is because when the brain is stimulated by THC, it produces a hormone called pregnant pregnenolone and that comes out in about a 3000% increase and what this is essentially is it's a hormone that inhibits the THC from getting into your bloodstream and the brain when uh, encountered with THC when it, when it senses THC in your body either through inhalation ingestion or injection uh, it releases this hormone in a 3000 to 1 ratio against that marijuana so essentially your brain has a built-in defense mechanism against marijuana so there's been many studies done on this and to overdose on pot you essentially have to uh, smoke about 40,000 times the usual amount of pot that's smoked by a normal person. So that means that you have to smoke about 40,000 blunts in order to truly overdose on marijuana. Now, I know Snoop Dogg smokes a lot in a day, but I don't think that Snoop Dogg can smoke 40,000 blunts in a day. What do you think about that, Alejandro? You, you couldn't possibly smoke that much weed, I, I don't think, because that's like a lot. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, wow. definitely. 40,000 blunts. Um, and, you know... 
um, and that hormone, you know, deteriorates that from, you know, that even being possible. Yeah. But the thing is that I know Alejandro's talking about this before we start recording, but uh, that hormone pregnenolone is going to wear off eventually as you keep smoking more and more marijuana. I don't know, Alejandro, if you want to go more into what you described before. Oh, okay. So I used the analogy for insulin, which um, is the same idea. It's a hormone that prevents so much sugar from entering your body at once. But like people who have diabetes, they they ran that out. Like they overused insulin and then the body couldn't produce anymore and then they got diabetes. And that works the same with marijuana. That hormone will eventually give out and you'll be susceptible to, you know, an Yeah, overdose. tolerance is essentially a linear relationship with marijuana, which means that the more marijuana you smoke, the pregnenolone is going to go down at a comparable rate. So I'm just going to go straight out of the book, Toxicology Secrets, and this is just, uh, just orate their description of marijuana. So it says, marijuana is a hallucinogen. It's like PCP, it's like LSD, it's like MDMA. Uh, marijuana is a psychoactive material. Uh, also known as tetrahydrocannabinol or THC, which is the active ingredient in marijuana, obtained from the leaves and flowers of the hemp plant cannabis sativa. Marijuana is the most commonly used illegal substance in the United States. It's the number one cash crop in the U.S. and it has an earnings cap of over thirty-two billion dollars. And then it talks about how hash ish is a uh, derivative of the cannabis plant that has much more high potency strains of THC. As Alejandro said before, there's many acute effects in marijuana, including uh, alteration in sensation, perception, cognition, psychomotor functions. Uh, smoking a large quantity can produce a range of effects, including anxiety, paranoid behavior, acute psychosis, problems dealing with reality, hallucination, and many other things. Uh, <clears throat> as far as how marijuana gets into your system, again, there's the three I's, inhalation, ingestion, and injection, uh, injection being the fastest way for anything to get in your bloodstream. That's why cocaine and heroin are very potent because the only way to get them into your body is through injection. The second you inject them, it's going to go into your bloodstream very quickly. Uh, the other way is inhalation, which is through smoking it. That's going to take about 15 to 30 seconds for it to enter your bloodstream. But by the time that you really start to feel the effects of marijuana, it's about one to four hours after the THC enters your bloodstream because of your body's release of that hormone, pregnenolone. Um, lastly, in whole, uh, I should say ingestion is when you have something like an edible, that's going to take about two or three hours to enter the bloodstream. Uh, the long-term effects as Alejandro said, there's a few more that's in, uh, shown in this book. <clears throat> For chronic users, there's a six-fold increase in the incidence of schizophrenia, cancer of the mouth, cancer of the jaw, cancer of the tongues, cancer of the lungs in 19 to 30 year olds, and also non-lymphoblastic leukemia in children of marijuana smoking mothers. Also decreased sperm motility in number and as well as an increase in abnormal morphology and T and B cell activity is also depressed by THC. So there's a wide-ranging amount of symptoms that come from long-term use of marijuana. And these are all true symptoms. If you go to the doctor with uh, cases of marijuana intoxication, they're going to check for these things. They're going to test for these things. So marijuana is a dangerous drug. I think we just put it out there. So there's a reason for it being classified as Schedule 1. Um, <clears throat> as far as marijuana intoxication, it is technically life-threatening. Uh, I know we were talking about this before in our prep, but... Uh, Pregnant women shouldn't be smoking marijuana. And I mean, I see it all the time. Uh, I follow Russell Wilson on Instagram. I don't know if you do, Alejandro. Do you follow Russell Wilson on Instagram? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. So like when he goes out to children's hospital and everything and you're looking at these kids and he's talking about what he's seen them for and stuff. I mean, of course, there's a few cancer patients, but most of them actually surprisingly, I think surprisingly, are parents of are kids of drug addicted parents, parents who smoked uh, or did drugs. Uh, 
during pregnancy and that caused the babies to be born addicted to these drugs. And I think it just makes me really sad that a lot of these people are ill-informed on the effects of marijuana, even medical marijuana. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I think we're going to talk about synthetic THC. So mar- marijuana right now, there's essentially two different ways you can get it. You can get it in its purest form, cannabis, but little, you know, bulb, and you can smoke it or you can press it down into an oil and you can do many other things with it. The second one is a drug called Marinol. And what Marinol is, is it's about, I think it's a 0.02% THC extract, something like that, right, Alejandro? Yeah, it's something like that. It's very, very minuscule. Tiny. Yeah, very tiny amount of THC is present in Marinol. What Marinol is, is it's a Schedule 3 FDA-approved treatment for a very, very small segment of the population. Uh, what Marinol is used for in is in small children and older women who have had a specific type of stomach cancer or other cancers and who are experiencing nausea and vomiting and uh, acute, not necessarily anorexia-like symptoms, but like acute symptoms from the effects of chemotherapy, like lethargy and other things. And so... It helps alleviate those symptoms, and that's what uh, Marinol does. However, I think Alejandro will explain right now, Marinol is not all that it looks out to yeah, be. Yeah, Marinol is um, quite expensive. Um, for a 2.5 milligram you know, dosage of Marinol, for 60 capsules is $702. And you know, the higher the dosage, the higher the price, and it's, it's, it's extremely expensive. Um, yeah, I think what it's like. And there's it comes like in 2.5, 10, and 50 milligram doses, something like that. Uh, it's 2.5, 5, and 10. 10 oh, being a uh, two thousand six hundred dollars. Yeah, that's just for 60 that's capsules. essentially outrageous. Um, yes, Marinol is good at what it does, but there's a lot cheaper alternatives and a lot better alternatives out there than the drug. So that's the only actually I should say in comparison, uh, a 50 count 2.5 milligram dose of Motrin is six bucks at Walmart. So I mean, you know. <laughs> So marijuana isn't that cheap. I'm just going to say that. And there's a lot of, neither is Marinol. Marinol isn't that cheap. And Marinol, remember, is only 0.02% THC. And it is synthetically manufactured in a lab, which means that it's not actual tetrahydrocannabinol. I think it's like di-tetrahydrocannabinol or something like that. I forget what the exact synthesized compound is in a Marinol. But it's not real THC. Uh, So, yeah. So essentially, there's no real FDA-approved medical treatment using THC at all. And in fact, even Marinol is still a scheduled drug on the DEA's list. It's a Schedule Three drug. So that means that it has the potential to be addictive, but it also has uh, good medical effects. So now I just want to transition it into uh, marijuana usage and other things about marijuana. So Alejandro, I knew you brought up this before, but marijuana in car crashes, what do you have to say about that? So, um, it's very like unseen. Like we all stress about drinking and driving, but we don't stress about smoking or just doing weed and driving. And it has, you know, severe effects. It's just like alcohol. It will impair you. But, you know, it's not like it's it's not known yet to to do so or like it's like oblivious to people. But you smoke weed and it will impair you the same way that alcohol does, but we just don't take it in that fashion because yeah. it hasn't been like publicized that in that manner yeah and i think um you remember you bring up a statistic that marijuana is i think the first or the second most prevalent drug in uh car crashes yeah, yeah most identified yeah illicit drug yeah yeah most identified illicit drug in car crashes so that's one thing to be noted 
Um, going off this ACOEM study that's from April 2015, uh, talking about here in a large population-based uh, study of blood levels from more than 10,000 vehicle crashes in France revealed that the approximate amount of marijuana in the system was about uh, anywhere from less than one nanogram per milliliter of blood to about five nanograms per milliliter of blood. And then it says here, it goes on and talks about how essentially about five nanograms per milliliter of THC in your blood constitutes to an, uh, a blood alcohol content of about 0.05 grams percentage of blood. So that's huge. The legal limit for alcohol is 0.08%. And if smoking, getting five grams of THC into your system gives you a blood alcohol content of 0.05 then imagine what you know smoking more marijuana joint, is, yeah, yeah an entire joint is going to do to you i mean just think about i mean of course you can't die on marijuana but the the intolerances because the acoem study does compare alcohol to marijuana and it breaks them on the same scale in fact it says that we should use uh the the benchmark of five nanograms per milliliter uh as 0.05 percent blood alcohol content and use the same scale as alcohol when testing workers for marijuana so i think it's okay if we use the alcohol scale and i think on the alcohol scale anything above 0.1 is significantly impaired significant uh you know uh deterrence yeah, you, to you start to yeah. lose you know motor functions like basic yeah um. so that that that's huge and i think you know i think well rolling papers and other things are standardized and you can go buy them at the store. Cigar sizes are also standardized. And so, you know, I think the average blunt has about 1,000. It can hold about 1,000 milligrams of THC in it. So think about that. If we've, Sorry, 1,000 nanograms of THC per milliliter. So if smoking one blunt is going to get you about 20 times the legal limit of alcohol. I mean, you yeah, won't die off it, but that's but still in your blood. You, still, yeah. If you drive, you know, you're impaired and you could die and kill somebody else. Yeah, you know, and and it's not like indirectly. people don't like die stoned, as Alejandro said. It's the most identified illicit drug in all car in all fatal car crashes. Not just car crashes; it's all fatal car crashes. It's in all toxic. They take a toxicology report after every single fatal car crash, and it's there. It's the the most identified illicit drug. So, marijuana is a dangerous drug, and it is a Schedule One drug for a reason. And I think a lot of people don't understand that. Uh, actually, I don't know. I don't, that personally, that puzzles me. Like, why would a pregnant woman smoke marijuana? It's the same exact thing as alcohol. Like, a lot of people say marijuana isn't as dangerous as alcohol. I mean, going off this, it's, it almost seems like it's more dangerous than alcohol. I think it's, um, you know, there. It's maybe like publicity. You know, it mm -hmm. hasn't been like this thing, and it's just come up now to be extremely controversial. And there was um, this quote I saw here from the Pew Research site. Yeah. Um, saying here about seven in ten, so sixty nine percent of Americans believe alcohol is more harmful to a person's health than marijuana, and, and it's uh, I don't know. And, and no. you know, it's like people don't really know, or yeah. just are ill informed, and you know they don't think about it when they do it and then go drive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know. And another thing is that you know alcohol, it takes you know you're gonna know if when you're drunk. Like, it takes a few beers to get drunk. You, you can't just get drunk off one beer. You don't have to drink, like, you know, depends on how much you weigh and other factors. Because, you know, five to, anywhere from five to ten beers for you to get, you know, for you to die off alcohol. So the idea that that doesn't necessarily come with marijuana because you can just keep smoking marijuana. You can't overdose on it. It would just get more high. And then that THC, uh, that period of when the THC is at its peak point is going to just be elongated. Unlike alcohol where it's a large spike and then it's a huge crash once you pass that uh, 0.3 blood alcohol content threshold. You just immediately go into a coma and you die. Yeah. Yeah.
and you know your body has like defense mechanisms like throwing up you know but still mm-hmm. it, it just yeah, depends yeah, on the, how the, much the second it burns through your liver you're done once the liver gets backlogged it's yeah. pretty much impossible uh, so as far as that goes um, there's a paragraph here in toxicology secrets about is marijuana intoxication life threatening and um, it says here uh, that uh, in children it's very dangerous as Alejandro said anyone under 25 it's very dangerous it can induce a coma and it also says here that in adults again acute usage of marijuana that means not smoking it on a daily basis or not smoking it more than once a day I mean once in a while whenever you just Smoke marijuana is like a, like a drinking alcohol is just going to be, uh, you know, you're going to have impaired judgment. You're going to increase your black con- content. You should probably shouldn't be driving once you smoke marijuana. However, the big thing about marijuana that a lot of people don't say is it is a gateway drug. Marijuana is a gateway drug. And it says here, marijuana is often used in combination with other illicit drugs that po- pose life-threatening uh, consequences. PCP, which is... In I think all hundred years said it's in, yeah yeah it's a in horse tranquilizer yeah PCP like, is a it's yeah. a very dangerous psychoactive drug and it's often combined with marijuana to create things like super weed or wiki stick uh, to paint a more intense hallucinogenic experience so think about it marijuana is dangerous as we've said by itself it can acute usage of marijuana can lead to very very uh, impaired judgment and a whole host of other uh, hum- uh, whole host of other other uh, symptoms. But marijuana is a psychoactive material, it is a hallucinogen, and when it's combined with other hallucinogens, it's going to produce very, very dastardly effects. Yeah, and um, I mean, not just hallucinogens. But, I said, you know, sorry, uh, dangerous effects, not dastardly Yeah, effects. I mean, just other drugs in general, like um, alcohol, like crossfading. Um, mm-hmm. You know, your body has, what I explained, it was um, a natural defense to throw up to avoid alcohol yeah. poisoning. But when you mix it with marijuana... It prevents that because marijuana does the opposite and prevents you from throwing up. That's why there's yeah. marinol to prevent the, yeah, nausea so the, from chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Exactly. And so essentially what your body does is when it notices THC in the system, it creates a negative feedback loop. Feedback loop and then that causes it to try to reduce the amount of THC present in the blood. Um, but marijuana, since it is psychoactive, it can be considered depressant. And what depressants do is they essentially impair your judgment and do a lot of so I think we've ironed out that marijuana for recreational use or for medical use isn't really a good thing. It doesn't really have a lot of good, uh, you know, there's there's no upside to marijuana, essentially. For the most part, yeah. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, there yeah, are cause, cause... Some, some circumstantial studies that have been shown to improve Parkinson's and other things. But that's, again, Marinol is the only FDA-approved treatment, and that has a very, 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 very minuscule amount of THC in it. So, And it's only used for, you know... It's tiny amount of people yeah you know i think one starling statistic that stopped me uh, and this is from drugabuse.gov is the governmental organization uh, run by the dea to stop uh, or to i should say notify people about drug abuse and it says here that 44 percent of high schoolers according to the nida's annual monitoring the future su- survey uh will have tried marijuana when they come out of high school and rates of use among 12th graders uh, or about 32.8% said they had used marijuana during the year prior to the survey, and 20.6%, or about one in five high school seniors, were current users of marijuana. So I just want 20% of high school seniors are current users of marijuana. Current users, that's not just, you know, once in a while, that's smoking it on a continuous basis using marijuana through either injection, inhalation, or ingestion. And I'm, in my opinion, I think that's dangerous. 
at least, you know, judging from the side effects and the amount of, the just a small amount of THC that's needed to significantly impair you, imagine that on a daily basis. Yeah. And not just, like, impair you then, but it's, like, chronic, right? So it can impair you for the rest of your life. Yeah. You know? It's, 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 not, like, it's not like a one-and-done kind of thing. It's, it's not like heroin where, you know, the first time you try it, you can die. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's ongoing. So, uh... Next, I guess we can move on to legalization policy. Uh, so the reason why this legalization debate came out was essentially it was actually started by the ACOEM and AAFP, which is the American Academy of Family Physicians. And what they said is they wanted to improve the way that they tested workers for marijuana. So there's this huge body of research that was done that showed that you know marijuana was okay to use. Maybe you should allow a little bit more to be allowed in, say, athletes and the regular workplace when everyone goes to get a drug test. But uh, that was left up to much debate. And so what the ACOEM and others have said is that we're going to keep the marijuana standard that we have in place until we see a lot more research that shows that it's actually good. And then so what a lot of states did is they said, well, you know, I'm going to trust this research and we're going to start instituting measures to allow marijuana for either medical use or legalize it for recreational use, and among other things. And I don't really see how that's good. I mean, you can make one parallel to Portugal, which is a country that has outlawed all drugs, everything from cocaine, methamphetamines, heroin, marijuana, every single thing. Um, and what they do is they have a huge federally funded rehabilitation force. And what that does is uh, they monitor pretty much all their citizens. And uh, if you were caught doing drugs twice in a 10-day period, they immediately book you to rehab. They put your job status on hiatus. They take everything off, and they book you into rehab, and they prevent addiction. So that has significantly reduced the drug abuse amount uh, of the citizens of Portugal. But do you think that's possible here, Alejandro? I don't think it is, but... Uh, yeah, I agree. It's It'd be too difficult, you know? Yeah, we just don't have um, the... There's, there's, I it's, mean, not, it's not the right time yet. Yeah. You know? It, there's there's not enough federal funding, first of all. We're, we're in a budget deficit. Uh, but hey, that's another episode. If you want me to talk about... The budget deficit and spending protocol hit us yeah. up on that, but uh, but no, we don't have the money needed to institute a huge rehabilitation program. We also don't. I don't think we have the culture necessary to kind of prevent marijuana from uh, you know being used by a large amount of people. So the four main reasons, the way I see it, that people would want to legalize marijuana are one, two, um, essentially they just want to smoke it. PLS donors, they want to smoke marijuana. As we said before, one in five high school seniors have smoked or are smoking continuously marijuana. So Alejandro, what do you say about that? What do you say about the, the I just want to smoke it argument to legalizing marijuana? Well, a lot of people, when something is illegal, they'll do it to, you know, seem cool or whatever, or mm -hmm. I don't know, like uh, adventurous. No, like, um, you know, risk taking. Yeah, yeah. Um, kind of against To do it like, oh, this is illegal. I'm going to do it and look at me. But then all of a sudden you decriminalize it, um, then you lose like a big portion of those people because they're like, oh, yeah. wait, and anybody can do this, not just me. Yeah, and I think you another know. reason why is a lot of people think that, you know, of course, there's the feeling of euphoria that comes to smoking marijuana. Your dopamine goes up, and that's why a lot of people want to smoke it. That's why a lot of people get addicted to it because it targets the brains and reward centers. But there's a lot of other ways to get dopamine. Like exercise has been shown to significantly increase the dopamine levels in the brain more than like most drugs, even things like heroin and cocaine and morphine. And there's, there's so many other ways. I mean, go, uh, uh, you know, just like smiling, in fact, has been shown to increase dopamine levels. So I think there's a lot of other ways to get that high. 
uh, that are a lot safer for you. And I think that, as Alejandro said, it's that kind of that peer pressure, you know, against the grain rebellious aspect that comes along with marijuana. Yeah, usage. it's like, let me do it because everyone else is. Yeah, there's like the crowd thing, you know, let me follow the crowd. Mm-hmm. And also the, the like the cliche curiosity, but it's true. People do it because they're yeah. curious. I want to try it I out. mean, yeah, you go ahead, try marijuana. I have nothing against you, but just know what you're getting into before you go do it. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah, because um, you can get addicted and stuff, you know. And yeah, and chronic addiction, as we said before, six-fold increase in schizophrenia, cancer of the jaw, mouth, tongue, lungs. So it's not like it's like a safe drug to use. Uh, so I think the next reason why a lot of people want to legalize marijuana is for tax revenue. People think that, oh, if we uh, legalize a bunch of these dispensaries, we can legalize the sale of marijuana, we can privatize it, we can get a bunch of tax revenue, we can fund schools, we can fund other things. That is an okay, I mean, I'll understand why you want money, and I understand that marijuana is a taxable commodity, but I don't think it's really a good idea, because when you allow such a dangerous, I'm going to call it dangerous, when you allow such a potent drug, dangerous drug, to be, you know, just essentially sold to the masses on a standardized flat rate, I don't think that that's a very good service done by the government. Um, I mean, I don't think it's the government's job to do that, but... Essentially, I think consumers should be informed because before they go buy marijuana, but I don't think that's going to happen because once you legalize it, it's like it's the 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 government is essentially saying that yeah, it's safe to use it. Go do whatever you want with it, and I don't think that's right. And um, you know, part of it also not being federal, but it could be personal. You know, you start your own dispensary. Yeah. And and it's like um, for example, cigarette companies. Yeah, yeah. Know, they'll use the drug to keep you coming. You know, you'll be customers for life if you get addicted. And a lot of it's personal gain, and people don't think of, like, everything else but themselves, you know? And it's just, like, for money, and it's a big incentive to, you know, people wanting it to be legal. Yeah, definitely. And I think another thing is also that, you know, you can – there's other ways to gain money. And, I mean, I know marijuana has a $32 billion target, I mean, market cap, but there's a lot of other ways to get easily funded state money. Uh, You can levy things. If you want to get money for schools, you can cut things – can cut spending in a lot of places. You can raise taxes even. So I don't think marijuana is the way to go there. Um, the next reason a lot of people say is because it'll reduce drug crime. And, you know, this is a valid reason. A lot of people don't think that marijuana is traded by the cartels. And that's actually wrong. Marijuana is, has a $32 billion market cap. As I said, it's the it's the most planted cash crop in America, according to Toxicology Secrets. And it is one of the most you know, profitable drugs out there. So the cartels are trading marijuana. And I don't I don't know why there's this idea that cartels mostly trade heroin or methamphetamines or things. Because marijuana is very easy to plant, it's very easy to create, and it's also kind of easy to trade because it's it's you I mean you, now that it's legal in a lot of states, you can have it in higher potency amounts. Yeah, and um and you could take away marijuana and then, you know, drug traffickers won't sell it anymore because like, okay, there's no more, you know, black market business, but then they have all the other drugs, you know, like cocaine, heroin, and all that. Yeah. That it, that still causes drug crime. Yeah, and then I mean, now that there's no profitability in marijuana, do you really think that the drug cartels are just gonna plant the same amount of heroin that they were doing before? No, they're gonna delve all their assets that they lost with marijuana into heroin and cocaine, and then that's just gonna go up. And as we know, marijuana is a gateway drug. It's been proven to be a gateway drug. And heroin and cocaine are much, 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 much more, much more dangerous than marijuana. In fact, I'd be even yeah. more scared if you know heroin was legalized, or if there was even a talk of heroin being legalized. No, yeah, yeah, that would be scary. Yeah, um. and 
Yeah, I, I, I understand the drug crime argument, but again, it's just going to lead to worse things. It's, it's not, it's not really solving the problem that you intended it to solve. Or it won't, it won't solve it entirely because they'll stop selling marijuana, but they'll keep selling all the hardcore drugs, and the drug crime will still be there because all the hardcore drugs are still illegal. Yeah, definitely. I mean, okay, there are some people out there on both sides of the political aisle. There's libertarians like Milton Friedman and other things who advocated for complete drug legalization. And there's also, your, uh, on the left, a lot of people that advocate for marijuana legalization and other things because, well, there's, there's two ways of seeing it. The first way being it reduces crime, which in theory, yes, is correct. But in practice, I don't really see it. The second way being that, again, it increases cash flow, increases money. And that's not necessarily... The greatest way to do it. I don't think that's a good enough argument for me to allow other people to smoke this dangerous drug. The last argument uh, in favor of legalization uh, is also shared by Milton Friedman and other libertarians, and it's the idea that it will get people off the drug. And this is what I believe in personally. I think that if you inform people about marijuana and you stop making it profitable, essentially for the drug cartels, by legalizing it, um, uh, you know, it's, it's okay <laughs> if you... Uh, if you legalize it, and I think that's what Portugal did, and Portugal's been successful of it, their drug usage rates have significantly dropped. So, I mean, Alejandro, what do you have to say about that? You know, legalizing marijuana for the purpose of getting people off the drug. Well, yeah, like you said, you, you teach them what it is, you know, and like the, the dangers of it. Um, and but sometimes that doesn't work, you know. Sometimes people know the dangers but don't care or are just too addicted. But it'll, it'll definitely help people to understand before they enter that, you know? Yeah. You know, they, they're they like, okay, should I really do this or not? You know? mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm okay to legalize it in the future, like you said before. But right now, probably not the greatest idea. Yeah. Um, so anything else before we close out? Any other facts about marijuana? Anything else you want to drop some knowledge on for us? Any? Um, so here in the Toxicology Secrets book, mm -hmm. it has here, I quote, marijuana is associated with school failure. So mm -hmm. marijuana's negative effects on attention, motivation, memory, and learning can last for days, sometimes weeks after its immediate effect wear off, especially in chronic uses, users. Yeah. So, and you know, it's like... School is whether you like it or not. It's like your gateway to your future. Like that's how you'll yeah. make money and stuff. And I mean, so you want to like be that, careful with that. Yeah, like, like the Pew study showed other things. You know, uh, one in five high schoolers are using marijuana on a constant basis. So uh, I don't know. I don't think there's been any studies out there, but uh, there might be a link between marijuana and falling graduation rates, or like link between marijuana and the lowering of a standard in many schools so i think that is also very uh important to be observed uh secondly um there is actually one side thing i want to bring up is i know ezra klein who's the chief editor of vox made a video about how marijuana is less dangerous than alcohol and he cites the study from columbia that talks that says that uh driving drunk is about 16 times more likely to impair you than driving uh stoned which is about three only three times as likely and uh, I haven't necessarily read the whole study but I do know that they didn't necessarily use uh, marijuana at its peak performance which is when most people are going to be driving or and also didn't account for how much people these people smoked as we said before five nanograms per milliliter is gives you a blood alcohol content of 0.05 percent 
So, you know, if you smoke a blunt, going to be pretty impaired. Um, so before we hop off, uh, Alejandro, any last words about marijuana? Anything you want everyone else to know about it? Um, so like I said in the beginning, I think, yeah, I said in the beginning that these, these are our views and you can either, you know, have the same or similar or completely disagree and you're like, I don't care. Right. But, you know, a lot of it, it's, um, you know, you make your own decision, but you got to make sure that you know what you're going into before, before you do it, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, like you said, under 25, probably not the greatest idea. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just yeah. like, be careful. Yeah. So I guess that's it for this episode. Uh, before we hop off, uh, uh, if you want us to carry more of this, these kind of controversial topics, not necessarily controversial, even political, I'll take anything, uh, tell us, because I've been requested by many people to take on topics like this, like especially the transgender debate, especially things like my vision of economic policy, especially things like um, my thing, views on the Israel-Palestine conflict, things about the budget deficit, uh, taxation, all these other things. So, Or even the political compass, the current political spectrum. So if you want uh, more topics like this, then definitely uh, let us know. Alejandro, do you have anything, any suggestions before we for future topics that you want to see? Um, I like controversial ones, like ones that have a lot of Anything specific out of the ones that I mentioned? Or um, maybe the transgender one. Okay. That can be very controversial and can get heated. But, you know, again, these are like opinions. And some of them are backed up by facts. But, you know, again, your choice, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So I guess that's it. Uh, Alejandro, if you had to name this episode, I do this every time. If you were to name this episode, what would you call it? Uh... Um, Piff the Dragon. Piff, puff the Magic Dragon, does mean that? Yeah, that's actually good. Okay. All right, so this is Sanjay signing out. Peace out, guys. Alejandro, you got anything to say? Here we go. Bye-bye. Anything? Um, Didn't even say later. thank you for letting me, for letting you come on. Uh, Thanks, Sanjay. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Again, I just like to thank you so much. Uh, this should be up on iTunes, should be up on SoundCloud, should be up on YouTube when I get it up on there. And yeah, so please, please start a discussion down below. Please, please, please. It'd be mean a lot. And also, please rate us on iTunes. Uh, we have five ratings down there. Uh, yeah, five stars. I think one, yes. One's from a German grandma. The other one's from a Pokemon <laughs> trainer. So if we could get some you know, more eccentric people to get, drop us some ratings in iTunes, that'd be great. Uh, thank you so much for listening. If you made it to the end, I commend you. But yeah, I guess peace out. Bye.